We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, guys? Rob Doster here. I wanted to jump on really quickly and apologize for how quiet this feed has gone for the last month. Our schedule in October has been insane. I've been to seven media days in the last two weeks, and I still have two more left on the schedule this week. That's where the focus has been for the field of 68. But now that we're bearing down on the start of the season, the first real games tip off in less than two weeks can't wait, by the way. It's time to start ramping this thing back up. We'll be dropping league-by-league previews in this feed during the week of October 23rd. It's Terrence Oglesby, John Fanta, and myself. We'll start with the Field of 68 After Dark's live shows the week of October 30th, and we're going to have a handful of shows breaking down the college basketball season from different angles, and hopefully a couple of new names and new faces will be in the mix that you will enjoy. They will be placed in audio format right here in this feed as well. We'll be streaming live at 11 p.m. Eastern time, beginning on the very first night of the season, Monday, November 6th, and we will hopefully have a major announcement about the future of the show coming here in the next couple of weeks. One programming note, we've started a second YouTube channel, which I'll link in the description below. We've developed about 15 different team podcasts that are going to be hosted and produced by students, recent graduates, and fans of specific programs the full roster of those pods can be found on our second channel and i'd very much appreciate you subscribing just like i'd love for you to rate and review this podcast feed if you do enjoy all of this content the best way to help support this show is engagement like subscribe rate review do all of those things that you know make us happy as podcasters but that's enough of my rambling it's preview season let's get into it Rob Doster here. I got Jeff Goodman with me. Hell no. John Fink. Are we still live? Kill the 68 till I die. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out. Randolph Children. DJ Khaled. You know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands grow up and in. Goodman needs to be fired all the time. Josh Pastor. You're going to beat people straight up. You know the deal. Drink responsibly tonight. I'll be drinking with you. Terrell McNeil. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid majors. This is Field of 68. After that, let's get to the Big East. It's the league that I think, fair to say, the three of us, well, at least Fan and I know the best. And To you have been adopted. I'm right there the- at it. I'm right there. I'm probably not. If yeah, no, I'm probably not at your guys' level, but I'm right there. I'm close. I'm close. Yep. Uh, even though you didn't know who Ethan Rocky was until I had to send you a YouTube video the other day, <laughs> I'll forgive you for that. 
Is that the fat lumberjack? Yes, he's the fat <laughs> lumberjack, man. Come on. Ethan Rogge is a college he could basketball shoot it. legend. He could shoot you, it. Hey, look, tell, if you go back and you watch clips of Ethan Rogge on Synergy T.O., you will love this dude. All I saw it. Does, I saw it. I watched it. All he does is shoot 35-footers. He can't do anything else except fire up 35-footers. How do you not MLK love it? Day, and, he probably, and he probably wasn't hefty. He, that was just back when big jerseys were in. <laughs> he was a little heavy, though. And he, the big old beard, like it, it just made him look a little bit chunky. There's a yeah. reason we called him the lumberjack. All I'm right. sorry for calling him a fat lumberjack. I didn't mean it. I, I think he'd be proud of that. Well, okay. I, I think I don't think he'd mind it. Um, all right. So we got five burning questions uh from um from the big east. We're gonna kind of roll through this all uh here. Timer style, old school DTF podcast style. So I'm gonna hit start here. The first question, Tio, we are going to you first on this one. Awesome. Who- is the best team in the Big East this season? There, there's only one answer, and it's Marquette. It's point blank, period. They won the regular season last year. They won the Big East tournament. And I understand UConn won the national championship, but UConn lost a lot. And they went from really old to really young really fast. So I, I have some concerns. I really like UConn. However, for conference play, Give me Marquette. Tyler Kohler comes back, reigning a, a Big East player of the year. Cam Jones, one of the best scorers. We've we've harped on that and harped on that. Averaged over 15 points a game. Oso Iguodaro is the best passing five man in the Big East. Like They're just so versatile offensively in what they can do, and they can score from so many different spots. Look, I understand they lost Omax. He averaged 12.5 points a game, but some of the things that he really does well I think are fairly replaceable. Uh, he shoots it well. He's a big forward who can guard multiple spots. Uh, Chase Ross can guard multiple spots. Stevie Mitchell is one of the best defend- defensive perimeter players in the conference. They they have guys. David Joplin played really well in the Big East tournament. Like they have guys that can kind of slide over and fill that role. Uh, maybe not to the same effect as Omax defensively, but I don't don't think there's going to be this massive drop off. And while everybody went and added people in the portal, Marquette knows what they are from day one. So they're going to be able to win a lot of games early in the season and really get that net ranking up, if you will. And they're freshmen while they are freshmen. Uh, Trey Norman and and was Amadou that they added. They're very talented. I'm a big fan I, of Trey I, Norman. I'll see, for BABC. I, yeah, I think those freshmen are going to play very limited minutes just because when you that's the crazy guys, part yeah. because I think Trey Norman you go somewhere you go somewhere else and I don't want him to go somewhere else. I'm going to go to Marquette because that's where he's at. And I want him to stay. He could have played immediately, but he is a guy that if he just stays there, he's going to be really, really good. And they already know what they are. That's kind of the thing. He can learn from Tyler Kolick. He can learn from some of these other guys, Kim Jones. Uh, gosh, Marquette's good again. And that they say it's a big man's game. I'm not necessarily sure that's true. If you can score mm-hmm. it and you can handle it and you don't turn it over, uh, it's going to be hard to beat Marquette. Can you make an argument for anybody else, Fanta? For Creighton, for UConn, can you make an argument for either of those teams as the best team in the league? I can make it for Creighton. And Do it. I think that Marquette will be the preseason favorite in this league, but I'll make the case for Creighton to be interesting. Here's why. Ryan Kalkbrenner is the big man. He is an elite rim protector. Yep. He's an All-American candidate. He is a two-time conference defensive player of the year in a tough league. That's the, you don't see two-time defensive player of the year award winners come back again, and he is back. So Greg McDermott has his guy down low. Remember when Kalkbrenner missed time for Creighton last year? Remember when he played for Creighton? The difference in their results 
is staggering. It's yep. mind-blowing. They couldn't win without that kid. When was he was 0-4? on the floor, when he was on the floor, all they did was win. So much so that I think we'd all be making more cases for Creighton had one possession changed against San Diego State in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Having said that, Baylor Shireman, I thought it took him a little bit of time to fully become a Creighton Blue Jay. I thought the process was right. Greg McDermott was setting him up for success. Guys, when the calendar turned to January, everything clicked. I expect that to now be clicking in November. Trey Alexander is one of the best shot makers in college basketball. Full stop. I, I, I believe that. I think that he is a guy that can be a pro. I like that he comes back to Creighton. I think he'll have the ball in his hands even more because as good as Creighton was last year, and they were really good, if not great, they had a couple of players that were ball stoppers, for better or worse. I think Arthur Kaluma is a really talented player. I think he's going to find more success at Kansas State because I think Jerome Tang will use him differently. The same could be said for Ryan Nemhart. I sensed a little bit of frustration at times because Nemhard and Alexander were figuring out who's going to have the ball in these key situations. Creighton's not going to have that issue anymore. Steven Ashworth is a Creighton player. He's old, seasoned, doesn't turn the ball over. He's going to fit perfectly into what Greg McDermott wants to do. If the Blue Jays get production out of the combination of Mason Miller, Fred King, and Isaac Trout, the Virginia transfer, if they get production in some way, shape, or form at the four spot. This team can go to the final four. I agree with all of that. I love the idea of them having three basically point guards on the floor at the same time, um, all of whom shoot better than 40% from three, all of whom averaged uh, between 2.5 and five assists this past season. I think Mason Miller is going to be the guy that, that gets the first shot at the four. For him, um, I would throw Jason Green in that conversation as well. A guy that I don't—he hasn't gotten much conversation uh, this offseason. Uh, real quick, I'm going to make the argument for UConn as the best team in the league. I do think that, um, for the record, I think it's Marquette. Before people say, "Oh, you're such a UConn homer," Marquette is the best team in the league. I Creighton agree. Is the second best team in the league. I'm going to make the argument for UConn here. Uh, they're bringing back Tristan Newton, fifth year senior. Um, I think is the guy that really figured out what it takes to be able to score at this level down the stretch of last season. Um, Samson Johnson will be able to do some of the same things that Andre Jackson did offensively. He's not the impact defensively, but the long athletic driver can spray balls around, can really pass it. I think he'll have real value for UConn offensively. Um, Alex Caravan is uh, an underrated asset at the four. I think that we're going to be talking about him as a potential uh, second round pick, top 40 ish kind of a pick by the end of the season. Obviously, Donovan Kling is there. I think people are going to be surprised at his ability to be a pick and pop threat this season. Um, and then, you know, 7 3 lob target. He's so good defensively. Uh, the addition of Cam Spencer, I think, is has been underrated nationally because of what he is as a positional defender, what he is as a passer and a ball mover. Everyone talks about him as a shooter. He's averaged at least three assists all four seasons he's, he's been in college. He averaged 13 points a game on a Rutgers team that played very slow basketball last season. He's made big shots. He's from a, a family of athletes. He, he got Juntos, dude. He hit yes. shots at the end of games big time. Like Yes. And he has he has a worse record on dunks than uh, Terrence Oglesby did in his college career. He makes Terrence look athletic. Um, and uh, <laughs> I think that they have talent on the bench. Now, 
it's young talent. Solo Ball and Jalen Stewart both were banged up this offseason, so they're still kind of playing catch-up a little bit right now. Um, to me, the key to this this team is going to be the development of those two freshmen. Jaden Ross, I'll throw in that conversation as well. That they're really high on Jaden Ross. They think that he's got like NBA potential. Um, and uh Samson Johnson, what made UConn so effective last year was you had the big East player of the year that only needed to pay, play like what 26 minutes a game. Adama Sonogo, or I'm sorry, the, the NCAA tournament most outstanding player only needed to play 26 minutes a game because you could bring in this other guy that could play his balls off for 14 minutes, not worry about fouls, not worry about getting tired. If Samson Johnson can be that guy, I think UConn's got a chance. Uh, Best bet, they probably finished third in the league, I would say. Um, All right, question number two. Phantom, we're going to you first on this one. Who is the most underrated team in the Big East right now? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Wow. Villanova. Because if they're not a top three team in the Big East, that's a really talented team outside the top three. Mm-hmm. Justin Moore, guys, I'm I'm telling you right now, I think he wins Big East Player of the Year, and I think he's an All-American. There you go. You know what's yeah. crazy about that? I can make a, a pretty strong argument that he's the second best player on that team behind Eric Dixon. That tells you how good Villanova is. Wow, that's that's a really interesting argument that I would love to listen to. Here's the thing. This team, this team really excites me. Um, the question is simple. Can Kyle Neptune get them to all come together and match and make it all work? Uh, because I, I really think, guys, if Jay Wright was the coach of this team, you would have them in the top three in the Big East. <laughs> we would just have them. If Jay Wright was we'd the coach, have them one. we'd have them we'd, one. You would have them one. Figured out. You would have them one. If, so if Jay just, Wright was heading them up, you would. I would have them one. So, mm-hmm. so I guess the point then is, all right, that's fine. I, I don't disagree with you. But if this team is outside the top three in the Big East with that much talent, then, yeah, I do consider them underrated. Mm-hmm. Because if Tyler Burden and TJ Bamba produce the level that we think they're capable of, there seems to be pretty solid buzz coming out of Villanova about Lance Ware yeah. and what he's done since he got to campus that – it's just different. He feels different. He feels better. He's going to obviously get an opportunity to play. And and maybe that ends up being great for him. At the end of the day, he was recruited to Kentucky. Like, let's call it what it is. He's got the tools. He's got to see everything pan out. Uh, Hakeem Hart was an underrated ad. NCAA tournament experience. But guys, 
the team that Villanova was in the final month of the season, UConn stopped them. Rob, your UConn team, that, that Saturday night game in Wells Fargo, that stopped the momentum for the Cats. If they don't play UConn that Saturday, I'm convinced they could have beaten anybody else in the league at the time. UConn kind of needed the game. They got it, and they pulled them ahead. I think Villanova is underrated. I am not ready to sit here and say that they're just a, a fourth or fifth or sixth place team in the Big East Conference with Justin Moore because you could have questions about Kyle Neptune. You could have questions about whether or not everything pans out. But I know this much. When Justin Moore's on the floor in a Villanova uniform, you can't tell me that the team on the other side doesn't fear what he could do like NFL teams fear a Mahomes or a Josh Allen. Big news. The Almanac is officially back. The most exhaustive and comprehensive guide to the 2023-24 college basketball season is available for pre-order now. If you go to cbbalmanac.com, link is in the description below, you can pre-order for just $15.99 or 20% off the sticker price. The format is going to be a little bit different this season. Instead of an 850-page PDF, you'll be getting access to the full site with league-by-league -league PDFs available for download. The preview will be live on September 20th, so you have until then to be able to get your pre-orders in. So for insight for all 362 Division One teams from their head coaches and the experts that cover them, make sure you hit that link. Mahomes or Josh Allen's pretty uh, – that, that's a pretty big uh, compliment. But what I will say is Justin Moore, but Justin Moore settles you down, if nothing else. Like whenever he was able to come back, he wasn't 100%, but – uh, at the same time, uh, it's almost like the whole Villanova team took a deep breath. Uh, if you look at their roster, there's so much to like. There's so much like. T.J. Bamba was a very good player last year at Washington State. He can score inside. He's super athletic. Uh, Hakeem Hart is a big switchable forward who can knock down some shots. Lance Ware is a super athlete that – I, I'm, I'm curious to see what he does in a different system because a lot of times in Cal's system, a guy like Lance Ware gets stuck in the dunker. So you don't really get to see the entire scope of what they can do. Not that that's a bad thing. He's just very good at that. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, if you look at another under underrated team, are we going to look past Sean Miller and Xavier? Like they added injuries. some guys, huh? Too many tough injuries. Yeah, too many tough injuries. You're right, but I mean they added a bunch too. I mean, there's a lot of guys now. If I'm if I'm missing an injury, just let me know because it's there's so much going on. But uh, Davion Knight, Western Kentucky, sixteen and a half. Is he hurt? No, they they got the guards. It's it's Fremantle and Hunter that are they're um questionable about whether or not they're going to play this season. Well, he, here's another here's another thing with that. What they added two European kids, one big kid here recently, and uh, another one. We have no idea. We have. They, no idea. Based on the based on what I've heard is that the um the kid from Lithuania is most likely to have the biggest impact early just because he's 22, he's got one year left. Uh what the the comparison that Sean made to me was like imagine an Ivy League kid transferring up to the Big East for his last season of eligibility. He'll be a good role player slotting at the four. Um but when you have we'll guards that can score like that, yes, that's really all you need. 
Yeah. Uh, the the Lazar Djokovic, the kid from um, I believe he is Serbian. He's uh, is he Croatian or Serbian? I don't remember. He's he's somewhere yeah. in the Balkans. Um yeah. he's a guy that probably has the highest ceiling and is the most similar to what like Zach Fremantle is, but he's also 19, it's gonna take him a little bit of time. And then the big kids, uh, I think it's Sasa Siani is just a big body. Like he's going to come in and help and rebound and he's 20 years old already. So um, all three of them will play. All three of them will have an impact. Uh, we didn't mention Providence yet for the most underrated teams. I was going to let you have it because yeah. you need to gain, you need to gain ground with the Providence fans. No, let, so I was going to let man, you have it. Look, Devin Carter and Bryce Hopkins could very well both be first team, all big East players. Bryce Hopkins is the best forward in the league. If, if, if I'm wrong on that, please let me know. He's the best forward in the league. He's the best four-man in the league. Um, I think Devin With Kalumagon, yes. Yeah. I, I think um, Devin Carter is the best on-ball defender. All due respect to Stevie Mitchell. I think uh, I think Devin Carter is the best on-ball, um, kind of one-on-one, shut-down corner, so to speak, defender in the conference. No I think posh. Garway, huh? No posh. We're not throwing posh in there? I mean... You could put Posh in there if you want, but he plays for Butler. Like, are we having? <laughs> Sorry, Butler. I'm just kidding. It's a, joke. it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, it's no, not a joke. He's serious. I still think it's. Uh, I still think it's Devin Carter. Um, I think that Garway Duall is a guy that by the end of the season we're going to be talking about potential like first round ability. I think that uh, oh. from what I've heard coming out of there, like you got, we got to have real conversations about like this being the breakout year for Corey Floyd. Like, I think he's got a real shot. And then the pieces that Kimmy brought with him from George Mason, I do believe are going to be good role players in the Big East. Um, I wonder about the point guard spot. Like, that to me is a big concern. And the same thing that we talked about with Kyle. Like, if you gave Ed Cooley this roster, we'd be talking about them as, like, number one, number two in the Big East. It's the same kind of a thing where, like, we all believe in Kimmy kind of got to see him do it before you go all the way in but i think there's a real world a real possibility where providence we look up and they're a top 15 team in february and i think that there's a real possibility that like they finish first or second in this conference right it's a tough league there's a lot to get through but uh, you're biting your lip well, to you. here's the thing here, i don't so agree yeah okay, so, tell me why go ahead terrence uh you're talking about number one or number two in the conference. If Cooley was there, Josh Odoro was good in the A10, but like this Big East is a lot more physical league. I under, and the A10 was down last year. Justin Fernandez was a highly recruited kid out of high school. He was like a top 20, 125 kid or whatever. ACL. I don't know if he's going to play. Okay. So he's, he's gone. Devontae Gaines. Is that, is that the ticket? They call him the ticket. ticket. Gaines, yeah. I, I saw him once last year. It, he was fine. Will McNair, three, three points. He's gone. Will McNair's gone. They brought in another freshman. Um, the, the, okay, so the, fine. They're, they're all wait, fine. And Garnett Dwell. Uh, all, all I'm saying, Tio, they're Tio, fine. All, all I'm saying is that when you combine, when you combine two guys that could be first team all league with a bunch of players that are fine, as long as those players that are fine buy into, like if Ticket Gaines buys into the idea that I got to defend and I got to make catch and shoot threes, like he can do that and he can do that well enough now i'm not saying that they are going to finish first like because there's also a possibility that this is an nit team if it doesn't all work out but i can tell myself a story and i can get to the idea that this is a top 15 top 4c kind of a team in the big east this season i don't think that that's crazy to say hey i love providence as much as the next guy that's not true (laughs) 
Well, here's the thing. I love hey, Friar fans, listen up. Listen up. It's not true. Guys, I they know, know you guys they love Terry hey, hey, and you hey, hate me. Rob, they know. Who's, they who's know. on the bandwagon this year? Who's on they the bandwagon know. this year? Hey, well, it's it, well, there's just so many new moving parts. It, now, I will say I'm a fan of Rafael Castro. I think he's a very talented kid. Yes. Uh, that it's that Big East is loaded. They're not winning the Big East. <laughs> it is well, loaded. They're it, not. It's crazy. The like they they might be six in the preseason poll. Like it's crazy how good the top of this league is. And oh, by the way, Fanta, we haven't talked about Rick Pitino yet. Well, we have not, and we'll get, and we'll, that deserves its own segment and, and its own uh, YouTube video because it will get the traffic. Uh, we know that much, <laughs> but but let's talk Providence here for a moment. I, so here's my thought. Okay, I assume it to go against you in the way that you don't think. I think if Ed Cooley were the coach still at Providence, I don't think this team would finish first or second either. Okay, because I just don't think I think that this is a good team. I think Providence is good. I think if Kim English finishes first or second in the Big East, he should be up for national coach of the year. That's how great of a year he would have. The Big East could be the best conference in college basketball. If Kim English is that good, he should be up for national coach of the year. I like this team. I think Bryce Hopkins could be Big East player of the year, and it wouldn't surprise me. Devin Carter is excellent. We knew he was good defensively. The player he's become on the offensive end of the floor is really something. He's developed his game. He works his ass off. He's a good player. This comes down for me to Corey Floyd, if he is, in fact, the breakout guy, Jaden Pierre becoming that Big East point guard, reliable, playmaker, making things happen, look good on their foreign tour. It was a foreign tour, but he, he looked smooth. He did the right things. Josh Oduro is the guy that, if he's able to handle it, Terrence, I know you said it's a question, A-10 to Big East. I, I agree mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. If Oduro comes into Providence and is able to fight and is able to compete and win battles in the paint, then I could see Providence being a top three team in the Big East. I think that this team is somewhere between four and six in the Big East, can very well finish in the top five. But I think if you say that you could see them finishing first or second, This isn't about Providence as much as it is they compete in a league that sent three to the Sweet 16 last year. And I know Friar fans will say, we could have been there. Our coach the last month of the season had other stuff going on. I'm not going to sit here and disagree with you on that either. The last month of the season, it's, it's clear now that Ed Cooley had his head in different spaces. The fact is, Marquette's in the Big East. Creighton's in the Big East. And the defending national champion, UConn Huskies, are in the Big East. And we just all said, did did we all just agree, or am I wrong, that you could argue Villanova has the most on-paper talent of all these teams? On-paper talent. Do they? Yeah, I, close. Do they? Yeah. As so a whole, that, correct. As so a whole, that's, correct. Why, that's why it's not fair. I'm getting fired up now. I'm I like it. Here. I'm, I, that's why I'm sitting here saying. I Post-Honeymoon like Fanta. Post-Honeymoon like, Fanta. I like Providence. But I don't know if it's fair to put that level on them. I think they're an NCAA oh. tournament team. I think they're a top 25 to 30 team in the country. Yeah, probably. I think that's the most likely outcome. I just, yeah. All right. So oh, hold on, go. hold on, hold on, hold on. Counterpoint, counterpoint. That We are putting a lot of weight on Josh Oduro's shoulders for them to be that good. He's got big oh, shoulders. Wow. He's got broad shoulders. In English thinks that but that's he does wrong. It. He's 6'9", 235, guys. Like, in the A-10, that's big, right? A-10, that's a pretty big guy. 
All right, so just arbitrary situation. I went down one team alphabetically. Who's that? That's St. John's. How big's Joel Soriano? 6'11", 265. How big's Ryan Kalkbrenner? 7'1", 255. How big is Donovan Klingon? Like, it's it it's a it's a whole different level. I know it doesn't seem like a. All huge right, let level. me ask you this, Tio. Who it, won? It is Tio. Who won the Who won the Big East last year? Marquette. How big is Oso Iguodaro? That's a different. That's different. Ooh, and, 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 and even so, oh, lawyer. Even so okay. So even oh, so, lawyer. Oso Iguodaro. <laughs> Oso Iguodaro operates on the perimeter. Has Josh Odura proven he can guard on the perimeter consistently? Uh. I'm going to go ahead and say yes because I want to win the argument. <laughs> all <right. laughs> gotcha. All right. All right. Gotcha. Tio, we're going to we'll, we'll, we'll roll through these last three pretty quickly. All right. Um, over under 1.5 years until Rick Patino has St. John's as a title contender in the Big East. A, a Big East title contender or a national championship title? Big contender? East title contender. With well, so do- many teams in the league, all right. So, so with so many teams in the league, there's going to be a hodgepodge of games that are really, really close. That's when coaching comes into effect, and I'm just not going to doubt Rick Pitino. So, you're taking the under. I think it's possible they could win the league this year. It's possible. I don't think it's probable. I think it's possible. What the hell? Answer the question. What are you, you talking like, about, Fanta? You, you sound like a politician on the stage. Answer the question that he asked. <sighs> It's over or under. When you say contender, like win it or like be in the top three or four? Like uh, head into February where they have a chance, like what Providence was the last couple of years, what UConn was the last couple of years, what Creighton's been the last couple of years. Like we're talking not just a team that might make the tournament. We're talking like they had done the stretch run and if they win six in a row, they can win the league. Kind of a deal. This year, next year, two years from now, how long do you think it takes? Will it happen? They can be in the mix this year. Okay. So it's going to take them to contend for a Big East championship. The, the answer is the over. St. John's is going to be a good team. Could be very good team. I'm curious to see how the rotation works because they've got enough players to form an offense and a defense, an 11-man unit on each side. They've loaded up their roster. They've got more than enough weapons. And having Dennis Jenkins eligible and good to go is big. I mean, Rick Patino has said that. It's huge. Jordan Dingle's a bucket getter. R.J. Lewis, I've heard nothing but good things about the way he's come in. Glenn Taylor, Simeon Wilcher, best freshman that St. John's has had in a decade. Think it's about all this. There. Think about this. Naheem Malin, three years, average double figures at Virginia Tech, was a key piece to UConn's national championship run off the bench last year. He's probably not starting for. I didn't say his name. Right. Probably not starting this year. Not to to me, getting Chris Levlin was huge. Because because now Soriano has competition in practice. Now Soriano is told, hey, man, if you're not playing well, you'll come off the floor. I'm going to be honest on on Soriano for a moment. I like him. I think he's a good player. I also think he was a stat sheet stuffer on a team that didn't have anybody else in the front court to do that. A lot of empty calories there. What's that? I said a lot of empty calories in those numbers that he put up. Yeah, Empty calories? I can relate to it. (laughs) Having said that, the fact of the matter is St. John's is a good team. 
They're an NCAA tournament caliber team. St. John's hasn't won an NCAA tournament game since 2000. I think that drought ends this upcoming year. I just think when you're talking about Big East championship aspirations, you're disrespecting the top teams in this league and what they have back if you're now pegging the Red Storm at number one. So I'm to answer your question, which was over under 1.5 years, the answer is over. I think a year from now, we could be talking about them as a title contender. Yep, I agree with all that. Uh, over under TO 2.5 years before Ed Cooley has Georgetown as a Big East contender. I'm going over because I think year three is going to be the money year. Uh, I just think it's going to, it's, uh, they've been bad for so long. He has to change everything from the ground up to yes. where I think I, I'm not necessarily saying that St. John's has been phenomenal. I do think they're closer to being, they were closer to being good than Georgetown was over the course of the year. I think that's a foregone conclusion. I, I think over though, because this is a ground up situation. Fanta? Over. Over. I, I don't think, I think it's going to take three, maybe year three or year four until Ed Cooley has Georgetown as a Big East title contender. I think year three is is the money year. I'm with Terrence. I really do. Big East title contender. Year three. Year three. NCAA tournament level team. Could they make the tournament in Cooley's second year? Y- yes, they could. Because Here's the thing. Five, seven, eight years ago, I skipped six, I don't know why. Uh, you could, you could, you could sit here. <laughs> Did you guys miss me? I'm, I'm just saying. No, no, it was funny. You, it was funny. Keep going. Yeah, you're good. You, you're good. you could say, oh, I think that two or three years from now, they're going to have it, right? Like Marquette's almost the traditional college hoops program team, whatever you want to call it, because they, they've had roster retention. No longer, like, it, that's isn't that the difficult thing with these power conference jobs and whatnot? Like, you can't say oh, it's going to take three to five years, could take four or five years. Like, no, because in one off season, in one off season, if you've got the money now, you can become an NCAA tournament team. Well, here the one thing I would say to that is, I think Ed did about as good of a job as you could have asked getting this this team from like two wins in the Big East in the last two years to being something where we're probably looking at like a seven or eight win team in the big East, maybe six, somewhere in that area. Right. Like they're probably the eighth best team in the conference. Right. And that, that AD should be thrilled if that's yes. And I I think the biggest thing with Georgetown is he's going to kind of have to do what he did at Providence in terms of developing a fan base, developing a home court, getting people excited about Georgetown basketball in the city. We, We don't need to rehash it again, but like, finding a way to turn an NBA arena that is not anywhere near the campus and is difficult for students to get to into a home court where it's tough to play. And that's not going to be an easy thing for him to do. I think that the shock of smart schedule is probably something that is um, a little bit ambitious, but I think kind of if you're looking for a kind of a timeline, I think it's similar to that. All right. Last thing I got for you, you got 30 seconds to answer this question to you. If you were starting a Big East program from scratch right now and you had to pick one coach from the conference to run your program, who would it be and why? 
It'd be between two people. It'd be between uh, Shaka and Rick Pitino. Rick's done it. I like that Shaka incorporates everything from the ground up and keeps his guys. It, it, it gives familiarity with the program. The fan base jumps on. He has them fully on board. I love what he's done at Marquette. And then Rick has just won. So it kind of depends on how soon do you want to win? That's the big question. It would be Shaka Smart for me. Yep. I, I think he is a guy that gets the Big East, leads the Big East, quickly has has done that, and has built a culture. And I know that the counter argument would be, well, he hasn't had the major NCAA tournament run since VCU. Uh, but I always use the Brad Underwood phrase. And somewhere, uh, Sleepers Media is going to roll their eyes at me or, you know, there'll be comments. That, but I'm going to use Daddy Brad's phrase. The key to making an NCAA tournament run is just making the NCAA tournament. I mean, you, you got to get there and then it can come. Um, and so for me, I think it's only a matter of time that Shaka Smart has Marquette in the second weekend. And once you get to the second weekend, guys, anything can happen from, from there. They could be a final... If they're a Final Four team this upcoming year, you would call it as good of a three-year progression for a program that we've seen in college basketball. Shaka's relationships-oriented. He is smart. He is easy to work with. And his kids are fully bought in. I'm trying to build this program with a guy that I know will also be loyal. And I think at this stage of his career, Shaka Smart will be loyal to Marquette. I don't think he's looking to move. Yeah, I love Shaka. Love all those points that you guys made. Um, but I'll just push back. Like, if you want to be able to win immediately and you want to be able to get a program going from the ground up. And I know really who you're to, picking. You really want to find a way to get the answer. You got to go with Tony Stubblefield. Oh. <laughs> Curveball. <laughs> no, to me, if you're Sean starting, a program, if you're start, well, yeah, Sean would be great. Love Sean, but I think if you're starting a program from the ground up, like nobody is better at just going out and figuring it out and winning right away with whatever he's got than Rick Patino. Like, yeah. you just kind of, you go with one of the goats, give him his three or four years to get the thing going, and then after he's got it going in three or four years, when he retires because he's like seventy six years old. Then you go higher. Uh, no Hurley. A, a Sean Miller. It just it's he just won time. a national championship. But it look, I trust me, I love that. Uh, Can't get him on the phone anymore, Rob. Can't yeah, get him on the I, phone. I, could, I finally did. The day of Finn's wedding, I got Hurley on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> right before I had to go spend forty dollars um, on a shot of tequila. For to Hurley. Yeah. Hurley won a national championship. Changed his phone number. <laughs> yeah. Well, I the, he was like he was like, well, we can reschedule this. I was like, no, no, no. We got ten minutes right now. And then I got to go hit the open bar at the Fan wedding. And he was like, oh, okay, I got you. Um, no, I think it's I think it's Rick Patino. And then after that, you go out and once you got the program rolling a little bit, then you can go hire a Hurley or a Cooley or a Shaka or a Sean Miller, whoever it is that you want. Dude, listen, you can close your eyes and throw a dart and hit one. Hit a good coach in that league. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, you know what? We didn't even mention the fact that a guy that made it to the national title game, Thad Mata, who had Ohio State is the best program in the Big Ten for a seven-year stretch. He's in this conference. Shaheen Holloway took St. Peter's to the Elite Eight literally a year ago in 2022. And we didn't even mention him. So there's a uh, underrated. The they underrated, are underrated. Underrated mm -hmm. going in this year. I, I think everybody is very down on Seton Hall. I'm not saying they're an NCAA tournament team, 
but I actually think that they could end up being a decent team in the Big East. They're going to be a tough out. The kid they got from Boise State's pretty good, and guy on guy, he's a good player. Yep. Um, we'll see if uh, Kadari Richmond decides to show up this season because that's going to be the key to me. Uh, anyway. This has been fun. It's been great to get back with you guys on the DTF podcast once again. Great to talk a little bit of Big East basketball. Great to talk about the Fanta wedding. John, I know it's time for you to go drown your sorrows. Uh, I don't want to hold you here any longer. So um, for Terrence Oglesby, for John Fanta, my name is Rob Doster. We'll see you guys again next week. Maybe we'll talk about the Big Ten. Who knows? We'll see. Thank you for watching the field of 68. If you've enjoyed what you've seen here, hit that like button, share this link with your friends or check out the description for some other places that you can consume field of 68 content. Spring is in the air at Littleton coin company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase with a wide selection of coins, paper, money, supplies, and more. Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.